We will read again First uh, Peter 4, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And our text will be found in, particularly in verse 11 uh, of this passage, um, whoever, whoever serves uh, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Last week, speaking as a way of encouragement today, serving as a way of serving Jesus himself. Uh, this is God's word, First uh, Peter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it uh, to serve one another as God's uh, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through um, Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Please pray with me again. O God, make your word today a swift word, passing from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip and conversation, that as the rain returns not empty, so neither may your word but accomplish that for which it is given for your sake. Amen. Well, Christ matures us as a body uh, as we use the gifts that he, the Spirit gives that are actually the gifts of Christ himself. As we speak God's word to one another, exalt God's word, as we serve one another, it is certainly the case that elders are ordained to teach, but each one of us is to speak the words of God for the overall good of the body. It is certainly the case that some are ordained as deacons, but all of us are called to serve and to serve with the strength that God provides. My application for this message is given up front so that everything that is said may be funneled through these thoughts. And that is, how can you contribute to the church family in the best possible way that God calls you to do? How can you contribute to the church family? I remember when I came here 13 or so years ago that one of the things I stressed was that, that, that um, we, we would want to have and do want to have 100% participation of God's people. Each one of us in some relationship where we are speaking and receiving the truth from one another, whether it is in a group or is in, a, in, in a, some a, other personal relationship. And everyone needs to be doing a task. Everyone should be involved in, in working, in, in having a role, so that the church can hum, as it were. Now, everyone needs to wear at least one hat. Um, some of you are wearing more hats than perhaps you should. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to redistribute in some cases. May the Spirit do that uh, in the months and years ahead. In any case, this morning, I want, you to, I want you to listen to the Spirit in the words of the Puritans. Entertain the Spirit. 
welcome the Spirit to come and to speak through His Word to persuade your heart of that which is true and that which God is calling you to do and also to be able to challenge the excuses that crowd in when we feel, on the one hand, the compelling of God in a certain direction and our flesh says, No! I like what I'm doing right now. I don't want to change. All of that is entertaining the Spirit, listening submissively to the Spirit. Now, you are not called, not one of you is called to fulfill all the needs of the church. That would be silly. Your question is, where is the Holy Spirit calling you to help? This morning, then, um, we are asking this question. Um, How is it? Um, that the, the Holy Spirit strengthens you, the Holy Spirit strengthens you by uniting, uh, by gifting, and by helping. The Holy Spirit strengthens you to obey our text, serve in the strength that God provides. The Holy Spirit strengthens you um, by uniting you to Christ. By gifting you the gifts of Christ through the Spirit, and by helping you on your way. Um, we are uniting, you are, the Spirit ha- has united us to Christ, uh, to his body in heaven, but also to his body here. His body is right here. So it matters a great deal what you think about the church. If you choose to get involved or not, you are actually making a decision that regards Jesus himself. Uh, look, look with me uh, at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. Um, I'm going to stop at one point in reading this and, um, and, and, and even ask you to consider what, what should be the next word. <laughs> This is a a passage on the church as the body of Christ. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is, what do you expect the next word to be? So it is with the church. We are one body here. We are fit together as united to Christ. And and the body has been given various gifts. And you're... Everything in me is expecting that next word to be the church. But it's not. So it is with Christ. How clearly, how sharply he identifies himself with this body of Christ. See yourselves, therefore, and see others as part of Christ and as part of his body. You can't have just a personal relationship with Jesus. You just can't. If you complain, on the other hand, while you are serving a brother, you are complaining against Christ. If you ignore a sister in need, you are ignoring Christ. And if you are serving one of the brothers or sisters here, you are serving Jesus. You are are cleaning Jesus' gutter. Uh, you are um, bringing Jesus a meal. Um, we are in Christ. And Christ gives each one of us uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, 
worthy of a message of its own. But Ephesians chapter 4 makes this remarkable statement that, that the eternal Son has descended. He has descended. He has won the battle on Calvary, the battle against the angels and the principalities and the powers and Satan's minions. He has won that battle. He has made a public spectacle uh, over them as he humiliated Satan on the cross. And then he ascended and through the Spirit he gives gifts to men. He gives gifts to men and women. What is striking is that this verse in the middle of, of Ephesians 4 is actually quoting Psalm 68, verse 8, which is describing the reigning and the ruling king in the time of Israel, who comes and conquers a people and then receives gifts from them as every conquering hero does. He gets the, the spoils of his victory. The plunder of his victory. But in our case here, um, the Lord Jesus himself is the one who defeated his and our enemies. And he gave to us the gifts that we need in the church. Gifts of service that express Christ's love for his bride. Several helps. First uh, Corinthians 12 mentions helps a very general term, but but likely has the the meaning that you are assisting others to do their job better. You are assisting others where they perceive a weakness. You have an eye to see what a brother or sister needs, and you step in and you help. That is a gift. Uh, some of us who well, I, let's not just make it a gender thing, but some of us in this world have. Have, have a, a certain blindness to the needs of other people, and, and we need we need sometimes help people to help us to see and then to do. Anyway, the gift of helps. The gift of helps. The gift of administration would be an organizing ministry, both training and equipping and and holding people and supporting people in their various tasks. It's one of the things that I think women's ministry uh, has has a great vision for. Uh, first, uh, in Peter and Romans. Uh, there is simply this general term, serving, um, and, and, and yet Romans goes on to say, another, another part of serving is giving, and if you do give, uh, you're able to give money, you have the resources for that, you do so generously. If giving, generously, not begrudgingly, the gift is generosity. And then also, the act of mercy, if you see a need, you do meet it, and you meet it with cheerfulness. That's the gift of the Spirit, cheerfulness to meet that need. The gifts are for the benefit of others. It is for, uh, your gifts are for what is called the common good, according to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. You don't draw attention to yourself. Uh, you just want to help other people. I, I, I am struck with Simon Peter's mother, who was uh, deathly ill uh, with a fever, and the Lord comes in and he raises her up, and what is the next thing she does? And the text makes this special point of this. She, she helps Jesus. She helps him. She serves him. Presumably spreads a meal for him and for the little body of Christ that was associated there. She, she could have done some other things. She could have just drawn attention to herself as one who has just been healed by the great physician, but she didn't do that. She followed the physician as a servant. She followed the physician as a servant. 
I have, um, I have been um, in contact with Bradney um, many times this week, Bradney Lopez in Puerto Rico. He expects to be here uh, one week from today. We hope and pray that his home will have electricity well in advance of that so that he can, can be here. Um, he is, their home is in the half of the island still without electricity. But he called me and he said there, there are a number of people who cannot work because there is no power. Stores are closed. Gas stations are closed because they, there's no fuel to run the generators to open these, these various places. And it is affecting all of the churches. I texted him this morning, though he is without power in, in Arroyo, uh, the church in Guayama is meeting as we speak. Many people there perhaps not having had adequate provision for the day, but there they are. And we have gifts. I've urged him to speak with the Presbytery Committee because we as a Presbytery here have gifts that belong to to, uh, Puerto Rico. And we look forward to seeing how we are able able to serve uh, to serve those precious individuals. Secondly, the Holy Spirit strengthens you by gifting you with an indispensable gift. You are united to Christ and, and He has then given you an indispensable gift. Um, loved what, uh, loved what uh, Rich read earlier from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, if you're not an I, don't, don't bemoan that you want to be, you know, you, you're, you're either an eye or an ear, you don't envy the other one. You need both, obviously, to be a functional person, uh, a highly functional person. He says, uh, your part is necessary. Your part, your contribution is necessary, even if it's not flashy. And there's nobody who is sitting in this room who can say, yes, I'm a Christian, but I don't have any gifts from the Spirit. I don't have any gifts from Christ. Your gift is important even if it is lowly. Each of us has a purpose. And together, uh, together the, the purpose is fulfilled for a healthy, uh, functioning body of Christ. Listen to what the Scripture says. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. I, I just imagine, imagine Faith Church without the serving gifts that the Spirit has so generously given. Imagine Faith Church without our number people, our numbers people, <laughs> our budget builders and our spreadsheet aficionados. Imagine our church without baby people. Imagine our church without people who are, who see the needs that this building has and are able to mobilize people to, to keep it up. Imagine if we didn't have someone who saw that the seniors need help with the gutters and the, and their lawns and so forth from time to time. And thank God for, for Don and Krista who, who see that and mobilize our young people for that, for that cause. 
thank God for, for, for those who organize such things as the senior prayer chain to make sure that those who are not on the, the electronic media get the message and pray. That's, uh, thank God for the musicians. This is hardly, an, it's indispensable, but all of them are indispensable. The question then is where can you help? What role will you fill and listen to this, and so serve Jesus. Not just filling a slot on an organizational chart, but filling, but loving Jesus, serving Jesus, loving individuals in the church who are connected, are part of the body of Christ. That's how significant this is. Uh, Again, I, I encourage... I encourage you on that wall right there, there are sign-up sheets for various parts of women's ministries. You sign up for a year, you check out, and you see whether you're, you're, you're effective in that and you're encouraged in your work there. Reformation Day um, happens if that, if that list gets filled in. Uh, deacons and, and trustees, let the needs be known every once in a while about how to care for individuals and how to care for the building. Those are the things that you're listening for uh, as the Spirit is strengthening you. He is gifting you with an indispensable gift. And then finally, helping you to use your gift. Helping you to use your gift. Jesus Jesus served you. Um, When you were saved, you were not cleaned up. When you were saved, you were not cleaned up. You were still a grumbler and still a sinner and Jesus lifted you up out of the mire and the muck and saved you. Sovereign act of God's electing, powerful, redeeming grace. And the people that you serve now aren't perfect. Sometimes they grumble. Sometimes people that you're trying to serve criticize how you're serving them. Sometimes they don't thank you at all. How do you you handle that? You remember that Jesus served you and then you quietly go about your work of honoring him by serving other people, regardless of their response. The Spirit humbles you, therefore, to see, to serve imperfect people and he awakens you to want to serve others just as Jesus has served you. That's how dependent we are upon the Holy Spirit. He humbles us. He awakens us. So that we can serve others uh, in his strength. You know, people make much today about finding a job in which they can fulfill their passions. Well, that's, that's nice, I guess. Um, but no, no job is going to be... You're, never, you're not going to have a job that every single Monday morning you wake up and say, my passions are being fulfilled as I head to work today. It's not like that. There, there are thorns and thistles still, aren't there? And, and sometimes people will say, well, a, a, a job in the church, well, that's just not my passion. Or that's too hard. Or that might involve some suffering. And I would say that is, that is simply the wrong way to look about, look at how we are to serve, how we are to serve the Lord. Most worthwhile things in life include suffering. Most worthwhile things in life engage you in suffering. 
I will give $5 to any of you after this service who can think of something in this life that can be done that probably won't involve suffering. Oh, any good thing, any good thing, I will give you $5. Is that weird? I, I, I guess I just mean it. It's just really true, isn't it? You just can't, you can't, avoid, you can't avoid suffering. Christ suffered on serving you, and you will certainly suffer while serving others. Um, we serve in his strength, and so we follow Jesus in this life of suffering, and we are asking the Spirit, give me patience, give me faithfulness, give me self-control, so that we serve in his strength. Uh, finally, this example um, in, in, um, in 1 Peter 4, this example of, of the context in which we serve, uh, in, includes, includes hospitality, the, the natural, normal, uh, runaway, uh, 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 run-of-the-mill uh, places that we, that we live and move and have our being show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then it goes right into it. If you speak, speak the words of God you serve. Use the power of the, of, of the Spirit. So I want us to be thinking a little bit about just that area of hospitality and, and how can we serve in the, in the power of the Spirit to be helpful to other people in this way. We are, it is, a, it is a good thing, certainly, who could argue with, it is a good thing to open both your heart and your home uh, and to another um, and as an expression of simple, basic love. We are stewards of our time, we are stewards of our possessions, we are stewards of our home, uh, all of it belongs to God. And as we read in the book of Acts that the people were devoted to, they weren't just involved on the skim of, of of fellowship, they were devoted to fellowship, and therefore they were also in one another's homes frequently. Now, what, what keeps us from being hospitable people? I, I, I'm, that's not the way I should say it. Many of, many of you, many of us, are hospitable people, but there are still roadblocks that keep us from uh, perhaps the fullest expression that we might have. But here, here are three things that can be obstacles to hospitality, and one of them is, is just the commitment, the commitment that we have to privacy. I can remember when we were in seminary and Gail walked across, worked across the street at Abingdon Hospital. She wanted to bring some of her friends home to have, to have dinner and, and, and just, just to be a Christ-like presence in their life. And I can remember being, being intimidated by that. Intimidated about meeting somebody new and not knowing what I would say. And, um, and, 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 and but I, the, the thoughts that came to mind, we have a small place, we have a drop-leaf table for a dining room table, we don't have air conditioning it's, it, it's just, it, and I was busy studying, I was busy studying theology. I don't have time to talk with people. Come on. I, I um, and, and sometimes I was too busy listening to Harry Cowles call the Phillies, um, Michael Jack Schmidt, that ball is out of here. Can you hear it? That's, anyway, we get distracted by life, and then we don't have an opportunity to live the way we should. That's, that's one thing. We have a commitment to privacy. The, the next thing might be we have the, just the obstacle of being too busy, too old, too young, too many children. Um, they're just different challenges that we go through in the various stages of life, and many times those experiences can appear to be can appear to be obstacles. What I would encourage us to do instead is to is to view is to view um, even a place like this as a place of hospitality. Um, we can, in our, in our, in our language, in our, in our heart, in our conversations, we can reach out and care for people. We do that. Just, just keep that up. Starbucks can be an, an, an environment of, of, um, of hospitality. We can, go to, we can go to a coffee shop and we can, we can hang with, with friends and, and just, just be, be hospitable in that way. And see your home, if you're able to do this at this stage in your life, as a hospitality center, 
and we always eat meals, so we could also readily include someone else in that, and it wouldn't necessarily take much more time or uh, energy out of our day, because we're not going to prepare something fancy, we're not going to add a lot of extra weight work, and we're basically saying to the people that come in the door, we want this opportunity to love you, and we simply invite you to take us as we are. You can do that. That was a, that's a way that you can function to get over that obstacle of just seeing, uh, seeing factors that would keep you from, from opening your home. A third, the third obstacle, and I've touched on this, is, is, is they've got the gift of hospitality. You could look around this room and you could say, they've got the gift of hospitality. I don't. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and one, of the, one of the things that can trip us up is we might not be sure what to say. And we get flustered and we just get, we just get kind of, it just kind of, we think it can be awkward. And to, and to you who think that way, I just would ask you to just, before you meet someone or go into a conversation, just pray for the Spirit to give you a, to give you a number of questions that you could ask. And, and you will put someone at ease generally, immediately, if you are asking them questions and you are not there to sort of generate a subject to talk about. You know, you can, you can ask all, all sorts of things. You can ask certainly about their family and where they've come from. You can get a little bit deeper and ask them what, what books they've read and what impact they had on that, what scripture you have read recently and what was the impact of that on you, your favorite Bible, uh, Bible uh, passage and, and why. Challenges at work, that kind of thing. The point is, um, the goal is, is to love and not to try to impress another person. And, and you love someone by laying down your cross and your agenda, and as much as you can, picking up theirs. So everybody can be hospitable. Um, and, and the reason for that is simple, because Christ has been hospitable to you. You can and are called to return the favor to Christ himself as he is, part, as he is included and involved in this, in this church. Christ hospitable to me. It is natural, therefore, for my heart to be hospitable to those of you in whom Christ lives and who comprise to make up the body of Christ. Lord, give me the heart of love. I don't know how. I've prayed that thousands of times. It is a prayer that Jesus loves to answer time and time again. As you pray to him in your weakness, you will find him to be strong. Now, make it, we make it very clear. Jesus saves by grace and not by your works of service. If you have not come to the point where you have seen the hospitable nature of Jesus calling you home and caring for your needs, forgiving your sins, and providing that indwelling spirit, then you pray that today. You are saved by grace and not by works of service, but when you are saved by grace, you will serve him with acts of service. That's the way it works. So, are you entertaining the spirit this morning, and are you open to him changing you, even in one small way? Are you open to him changing you? You are, you are listening, I trust, in the spirit to the various challenges this morning. And are you willing even to dismantle your standard um, objections and your standard excuses? Spirit, I'm going to put those excuses away and I'm going to seek to serve you. So the question comes back to how can you contribute to the church body? What hat could you put on? Uh, talk to me or one of the elders if you still are uh, unsure of that. We will, or the deacons for that matter, we will seek to put you to work. What one thing will you do that you're not doing now? And others of you, what one thing are you doing now that maybe it's time to take off a hat and give it to someone else? Let's pray.
Father, we uh, thank you for um, your, um, your, your practical word. There is such a richness to it as we think about Jesus and the body of Christ here. There's, there's beauty that even goes beyond our ability to grasp it fully, and yet it is so concrete. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that even as we receive the supper today, we would be encouraged in Jesus' death for us, but also in our dying for other people, to serve them and to love them. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.